You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to talk to CBS Sports NFL writer Jeff Kerr. He's got a lot to talk about today. He's been churning out the material left and right this week. We're going to talk about the Kyler Murray contract extension and what that could mean for Jalen Hurts. Uh, we'll talk about some milestones coming up this year for some NFL players, a fun little bit of uh, a number. To, to talk about there as well. Uh, we'll also get into some Eagles training camp battles, talk a little Nicobe Dean and the linebacker situation, and uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff planned as well, so make sure you stick around for that. Um, but we're going to get into some of the headlines first here around the NFL, and uh, of course the big story that hit the NFL wires this week was the Arizona Cardinals have announced a contract extension with their franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, that will take him through the 2028 season. It's a five-year $230.5 million deal for the running right-handed quarterback. He uh, will get $160 million in guarantees. So a big money deal for Kyler Murray takes him through his age 31 season. And this ends a little bit of a contentious offseason between Murray and and the team. Earlier this offseason, he had stripped all mention of the Arizona Cardinals off of his social media, which we see with players around the NFL and the NBA and other places when they're unhappy with contract negotiations or they're unhappy with the state of the team that they're playing for. But that got resolved, and it looks like he is going to be in Arizona now for a good long time. And it's a big contract for a quarterback who has not had any real postseason success. Um, it'll make him the second highest paid player on a per year basis in the NFL at $46.1 million. Um, that's, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> $46.1 million a year for Kyler Murray. And uh, he will now be the Cardinals hitch their wagon to him as their franchise quarterback. So, uh, good news from Kyler Murray. Remember, this is a team that went 10-2 and to start the season last year, but then uh, they really fell off the pace. He has not lived up to expectations um, during the course of his season and uh, was not able to pull them out of their tailspin. They lost four of their last five games, including a blowout loss to the Detroit Lions at the end of the season. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, his... Uh, Kyler Murray's demeanor and his body language uh, during losts and um, he really struggled down the stretch last year two games below 73 passer rating in the team's final five weeks and was blown out by the Rams on super uh, on wild card weekend um, in the opening round of the playoffs last year so uh, he you know he is a talented quarterback, uh, but now the the big question is, what does this mean for other quarterbacks, including Baltimore's Lamar Jackson, who I think I, you can part to greater success during the regular season and some more success uh, in the playoffs, although not much more 
for Lamar Jackson, but I, I think you certainly have to look at that deal being north of what Kyler Murray would get, and you also have to wonder what that means for Jalen Hurts and, and a, a potential contract for him after this season is over. He will be in line for a contract extension after the 2022 season, and a lot of conversation right now about what Jalen Hurts, with the Eagles, what do we need to see from Jalen Hurts, I guess is the best way to put it here in 2022, for the Eagles to give him a a contract maybe that's not quite as rich as Kyler Murray, although if he has the kind of season I think we're all hoping he has that would take the Eagles deep into the playoffs, that is probably the number you're looking at. And the question we are all asking ourselves now and the question we'll really need to be asking ourselves at the end of the season is, do we feel comfortable paying Jalen Hurts that kind of money for the next five or six years? And again, some of it's going to be, not all of it would be guaranteed, but a, a very, very large portion of it would be guaranteed. And we know what happened with Carson Wentz, how much money the Eagles had to eat when they traded him away, when that deal went south. We felt good about that deal at the time it was signed. I I think we would certainly feel better about the Carson Wentz deal at the time that it was signed than we would a Jalen Hurts deal. But then again, let's see how he plays this season. Let's see what kind of year he has for the Eagles. We have the luxury of watching how this season plays out before we need to go ahead and do anything with Jalen Hurts. And so uh, we will see how that all works out. But Kyler Murray signing a big deal with the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to talk about that with Jeff Kerr a little bit more coming up in the next few minutes. Also, the Cleveland Browns are signing former first-round quarterback Josh Rosen. Uh, They conducted a workout with him over the course of these uh, last couple of weeks. And uh, still don't know what Cleveland's situation is going to be with Deshaun Watson. And so um, it's a one-year deal with the Browns, and I think he's insurance in case Watson is suspended for a portion of the season. Um, Jacoby Brissett. I think would be first in line to start games if Deshaun Watson isn't able to play, but then you might, you actually might have a a training camp competition between Brissett and, uh, and Josh Rosen, or at the very least, maybe Josh Rosen is your starter. And I mean, uh, Brissett is your starter and you bring in Josh Rosen as a backup quarterback. And then you cut one of those guys once Deshaun Watson is ready to go, if he gets suspended and we still don't know what the NFL is going to decide to do with him. One piece of Eagles news, a lot of conversation about whether or not the Eagles should trade for safety Jesse Bates here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals safety is upset that he has been given the franchise tag. He has said he will not play on the franchise tag and that he's requested a trade from the Cincinnati Bengals. So there is a lot of speculation connecting the Eagles to Jesse Bates. We know that Eagles fans are not satisfied with where they are at safety. We've seen the Eagles go out and address needs at cornerback, at linebacker, along the defensive line, at wide receiver. Pretty much any trouble area has been addressed this season, this offseason by Howie Roseman, except the safety position. Now, they did go out and get um, Jaquise Tart uh, to to play uh, on a one-year deal for them, and uh, he was a productive player for the 49ers at different points, but is he a star, is he a star safety like Jesse Bates? Of course not. Do you need a star at every position? I don't know that you necessarily need to have an all-pro play. Does it help to have a pro bowler at every spot? Sure. But the Eagles are up against it with the cap right now. And I don't know how they get Jesse Bates in here. You're going to have to give him a deal that is probably with a very low cap hit this year and then moves out a few years after that. But you can't do that right now. You have to wait until the year is over uh, in order to make that happen. So I, I don't know what you do 
to bring Jesse Bates on board if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and, and whether or not you're willing to give up the draft capital to bring him in. It's, it's easy enough to go say, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's go give him, a, a, give him up for, for a, you know, a fifth or a sixth round pick or even a third round pick and Andre Dillard or something like that. But, you know, are the Bengals motivated to do that? Why wouldn't they just let him sit for a season if he's not going to play for them. I just, the Bengals are not going to give him away. And so I think if he does get traded, sure, the Eagles make sense because there is a need there. Uh, Anthony Harris is certainly one of the three guys you're looking at. You're looking at Marcus Epps and you're looking at Tart. That might be enough given what you have at cornerback. Do you need to hamstring yourself anymore with the salary cap by bringing in Jesse Bates if you've got a really strong group, a trio of of cornerbacks and some safeties that maybe you feel pretty good about? This might be a position where you don't need to go out and get a potential pro bowler on a franchise tag. So uh, I don't expect a trade to be coming, but I'm going to ask Jeff Carr about that coming up here in just a few minutes as well. So uh, those are some of the big news and uh, bits of rumors that are flying around right now around the NFL and particularly with uh, your Philadelphia Eagles. As always, make sure to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every single day uh, for the latest news and rumors and links on the Eagles. Um, We have something up there about the Eagles teasing a black helmet reveal. Can can we please be done with the black helmets and all the black? I mean, I'm glad to see that the Kelly Green is going to be back in 2023. I think that's great. Jeff Lurie has said Kelly Green alternates uh, won't be ready this year, but they will be ready in 2023. So I think I think that's great. Uh, but uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be hearing a lot about black helmets for the Eagles. We saw the New York Jets release their black helmets. You know, I know the black is part of the Eagles color scheme. They have the black jerseys. I'm not a big fan of the black jerseys. I like color in sports. I like teams that show showcase color. I'm I'm not a fan of the black trend and everything being black, black helmets, black jerseys. It's it's not it's not for me. Uh, a lot of you out there, I'm sure, disagree with that. I would rather see the greens. I'd rather see the grays come back and be utilized a little bit more. The old school 1980s grays become more a part. I'd rather see a gray helmet, frankly, an old school Eagles gray helmet. Um paired with the Kelly green or even the midnight green than I would, than I would the black, but uh, I'm probably a, in the vocal minority on that. All right, we're going to take our quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jeff Kerr of CBS sports and see what he has to say about the Kyler Murray contract extension, Jalen hurts some Jesse Bates talk as well. We will tackle all that stuff coming up next here on eye on the enemy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And joining me to talk about the birds as they're ready to crack open training camp next week is Jeff Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Uh, he's also a guest host for Jacob Sports Media. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Kerr CBS. Jeff, welcome back to Eye on the Enemy. How are you, my friend? John, I'm doing pretty well, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great, and uh, I, I know that uh, you've been a busy man this week. Lots of different content you've been churning out for CBS Sports, all of it outstanding on the NFL side. Uh, and I wanted to talk to, you, uh, talk to you about a piece that you wrote, I guess it was uh, on Thursday, um, where you were talking about looking at the Kyler Murray deal uh, that he signed with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a deal that is being talked about a lot in the NFL because the Cardinals were kind of in a situation where they were almost seemingly trapped, right? They spent a first-round pick on this guy, a high first-round pick on this guy. Uh, he has a lot of talent. He's shown he's got a lot of talent. Uh, they have a team that's put together to win right now, but there's a lot of speculation that he's not a Super Bowl quarterback. I kind of feel the same way, but what are the alternatives? They almost felt like they had to pay him. So uh, before we get to your article, which looks at some of the quarterbacks who might be next in line for contract extensions, give me your thoughts on the Kyler Murray contract extension and what that means for the Cardinals. I'm with you, John. They had to pay him. And look, I know a lot of people don't pay attention to the Cardinals franchise outside of how bad they play in the second half of the year in the playoffs, but you got to look at it this way. When Kyler Murray came there, whether you think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach or not, they want, they went from three wins to five. They went from five to eight, I believe, and then they went from eight to 11 in a playoff spot. So they've been getting better every year. And look, Murray, for his faults, he's still easily a top 15 quarterback in this league. And his ceiling is... Tremendous. I don't think the Cardinals necessarily use him the way they probably should, and yet he still puts up numbers. Does he have a playoff win yet? No, but how old is he? He's not even 25 yet. So yeah, I, I think the future is very bright for Kyler Murray. Uh, I, do I think he's overpaid? Yes, I do, but that's the going right now. And look, you want franchise quarterbacks. Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. People just don't like to give these running quarterbacks the credit they deserve. We see this in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. We see it with Lamar Jackson every day. We're, we're going to see it with other quarterbacks down the line, but this is the way the league is trending, and I really like Kyler Murray's future as a starting quarterback in this league. I, I, I want to ask you about Jam, uh, Jamal uh, Jalen Hurts uh, because I, I that's the next question, right? You know what does what does Jalen Hurts have to do this year in order to cement himself as this team's starting quarterback moving forward? I know he was one of the names that you mentioned uh, among I think it was what eight eight different quarterbacks yeah. who could uh, who, who could sign big extensions this offseason. That's the big question: is what do we need to see from from Jalen Hurts? Because I know. I was on uh, uh, Birds 365 with Jody McDonald and John McMullen uh, earlier here on Friday. And I know John McMullen was essentially saying, I've already made up my mind. I'm not giving Jalen Hurts a big contract extension. Um, are Is that where you are on this? Like, where are you at as far as Jalen Hurts and, and, and a contract for him? Well, McMullen sees a lot more than I see with that. And, you know, we'll probably agree to disagree on this, but I'm a wait and see guy. I want to see this year where Jalen Hurts yeah. is worth that money. And look, if you. Me too. If you pay Jalen Hurts $35, $40 million a year, which he just reminds me of a guy who would take that, he would take less money 
to help his team win. He just reminds me of that type of individual. Now, I could be dead wrong here, but there's one thing I like about Jalen Hurts, and it it just seems like he wants to get better. I I feel like there's a ceiling with Jalen Hurts. So I I keep going back to let's just wait and see. I I know there are better quarterbacks. There might be better quarterbacks in 2023 and beyond, and if the Eagles can get one of them, they can get a franchise quarterback like a Bryce Young, fine. But I know everybody keeps talking about Will Levis. I'm going to tell you this right now, and this may be a Penn State bias here. That guy could not throw a Penn State. And I don't know if it was James Franklin or or whoever. But right now, I'm just in that realm that I'm not buying in the hype yet. I got to watch more Kentucky games. But I'm ready to roll with Jalen Hurts for right now. You know, it's I. I think one of the things that maybe we as as football fans think about is, in order to win a Super Bowl, your quarterback needs to be elite, elite, upper echelon, elite. And I think that has certainly borne out, been borne out uh, over these last few years with Tom Brady. Uh, winning all of his Super Bowls and some of the other guys that have won Super Bowls. But there have been a lot of quarterbacks that made the Super Bowl that were not stud quarterbacks, that were not elite upper echelon quarterbacks. And are are our standards too high for the quarterback position? And let's say like if you if you put a talented team together and you have a quarterback who maybe isn't uh, you know, a, 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 a Joe Burrow, who isn't a Peyton Manning, who isn't, you know, one of the upper echelon guys. Can you win a Super Bowl? I mean, I look at Matthew Stafford last year, had a, had a great year, but I, he's never been to me a guy who is like upper echelon, super duper elite. He's always been very good. But I guess my question is, can can a team like the Cardinals win a Super Bowl? with a guy like Kyler Murray? Can the Eagles win with Jalen Hurts? Can the Ravens win with J- Lamar Jackson? Or, or, or are, we, are, we, are we trying to grab a hold of that unicorn and trying to find a unicorn at the expense of everything else? I think you nailed it, John. Everybody wants that unicorn. They want the Patrick Mahomes. They want the Josh Allen. They want the Joe Burrow. They want the Justin Herbert. These guys just don't grow on trees. And I know what Eagles fans are thinking. Well, if we have a top five, top 10 pick, that'll happen. Well, the Eagles did have a top five pick, and he's not here anymore. And, you know, you can blame injuries or whatever for Carson Wentz's downfall, but the proof's in the pudding. He ain't here. It's Jalen Hurts. So right. what, what upsets me is, look, everybody wants Josh Allen. Everybody wants to find that guy. Everybody wants to find Justin Herbert. You know, the Chargers, they kind of got lucky that the Dolphins picked to attack Viola and Justin Herbert yeah. was the third quarterback taken in that draft. It, sometimes it's just – Luck of the draw. And I think Eagles fans are looking at, okay, we have those two first-round picks. If the Saints stink this year, which they very well can, because I don't think Dennis Allen is a good coach, even though they have talent, they may be in line to go get that guy. So that's why I want to reserve judgment on Jalen Hurts and wait till they pay him. But what's going to happen if Jalen Hurts throws for 4,000 yards and runs for 700 this year? You know how many quarterbacks have done that in NFL history? Two. Cam Newton, Josh Allen. And for everybody who wants to just – crap on Cam Newton. He was an MVP. He went to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton at his peak was going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, before the yeah. last couple of years, he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. So Eagles fans and NFL fans in general, they got to just learn to appreciate what they have. It, it's, look, the Raiders fans know how to do it. They think they can win with Derek Carr. I think they can win with Derek Carr. And I'd rather have a Derek Carr. I'd rather have a Kyler Murray. 
I'd rather have a franchise quarterback than not have one. And then a Daniel Jones or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, this could go the other way. You could get Carson Wentz. You could get Daniel Jones. You, you could be like the Colts and just rotate quarterbacks every year. So to yeah. me, that's why I want to see what Jalen Hurts got and if he can get better. Because if he can't get better this year, that means he's going to get better next year. Right. And you can, you know, you pay him and you probably don't have to pay him at the upper echelon level. You probably do pay him in the Kyler Murray area, but that still leaves you more flexibility around the margins to, to add around to the, to the roster. And I, I mentioned this on the, on the birds 365 show this morning too, you know, there's no, you know, well, there's a couple different things as far as like drafting a quarterback. If the Eagles do what we hope that they'll do this year, that first round pick of theirs is going to be pretty late in the first round. So that's not going to have a ton of value if you want to you know, take two first round picks and, and move up into the top five or something like that. And the Saints might win eight or nine games. You know, they, that could happen too. So there's no guarantee you get one of those top two quarterbacks in the draft. The other thing too is for everybody wanting to go draft a, a rookie quarterback, unless it's like a, a guy who is just like ready for the NFL the second he comes out of college, which, you know, could be you got you get a guy like Joe Burrow or something like that. This is a team that's kind of built to win in 22, 23, 24. Like, do you want to wait around for a rookie quarterback to find his feet, to develop himself to the point where he learns how to win at the NFL level and, and is able to advance deep into the playoffs? I don't know. The Eagles have a roster that's really designed to do that right now. Well, that's the other thing. Who's going to be available this offseason? I, I mean, we saw Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco. Who would have thought yeah. that? And, you know, right. I, I was the guy who just kept pounding the table saying, they're never going to trade him. Seattle's never going to trade a franchise quarterback like that. Well, they did. And who's going to be unhappy next year? And for all, I know the Eagles won Deshaun Watson. He didn't want to come there. Bottom line. So the Eagles just said, okay, fine. Russell Wilson, same thing. He didn't want to come there. So now what? Uh, you got to find a quarterback that wants to come there. So do you draft one of your own? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Or, do you just kind of keep the guy you have, or do you sign like a bridge vet? Who, who knows? Maybe the Eagles are going to be on the verge next year, and Tom Brady wants to come. I, I highly yeah. doubt that. <laughs> just yeah. never know. Yeah. It's just a crazy – the NFL is just crazy, and I don't know what it is that teams don't like the Eagles, or, or at least quarterbacks don't, like the veteran quarterbacks, but – to me, it just seems like a very stable franchise to play for. They win every year. It's, I, I, I don't know. It, I just think this city is so starved with finding that elite quarterback because the Eagles, they haven't had one since Donovan. And I, Eagles fans don't even like to admit when they have an elite quarterback. So right, I think right. that's what makes it tough. Uh, I want to move on and talk a little bit about uh, uh, Nick Sirianni because uh, I know he spoke to the media this week as as he's getting ready to lead the team here in his second year. And a lot of uh, interesting opinions on Nick Sirianni. And I will be honest that I thought he did well last year, but I still am not sold on him as this uh, as, as this team's next great head coach. Um, I wonder what what are your expectations? What what are your where are you at on Nick Sirianni as he enters year two? Because we know that he gave up play calling duties last year. Uh, the offense had a dramatic personality shift last season. Um, the expectations are higher. They've certainly added more talent to this roster. Uh, what, what, what is uh, your, what is the stock market for you on, on Nick Sirianni as a head coach right now? So I actually got asked the same question on WIP last night. And I'll mention the two things I really liked about Nick Sirianni. The first thing is he is giving the, the play calling dues to Shane Steichen because I've talked to Justin Herbert about Shane Steichen before, uh, multiple times. He loves Shane Steichen. He says Shane Steichen is the reason why 
he is as good as he is, just by the way he prepares, the way he develops. You know, he sets players up to succeed by his own expectations. And that so that's one thing I really liked when Nick Sirianni gave that up. The other thing I really liked about Nick last year was he did not stick with the grain. You know, throw the football all year long. He adjusted. He said, you know what? We got to win football games. Or I'm not going to be a head coach anymore. So Right, right. You know, that's a good head coaches do, right? They adjust. So I like how he basically transformed the entire offense and the Eagles started winning games. And they were one of the better teams in the league last year in, in terms of record, you know. And people were way too hard on Nick and Jalen at the end of the year. Well, this team didn't really beat anybody or they weren't any good. I'm like, they, they made the playoffs. They, they weren't going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I could have told you that five weeks before they were going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I, I remember we had this debate on, third, on Birds 365. Who would you want the Eagles to play in the playoffs? The Cowboys, the Rams, or the Bucs? I'm like, do I really have to pick? Like, yeah. like, I guess the Cowboys, because it can't be anybody good, but yet they, they crushed the Eagles when they played them in week three. So yep. any of those teams would have beat the Eagles. Uh, you know, it, it was just the way it was last year. I was happy they made the playoffs. It, it was a totally unexpected, foreseen consequence of just them winning nine games. I, I, I didn't even think they'd be 9-8. I thought they'd be like a 7-10, and 8-9 team, but they went 9-8. Mm-hmm. So I think they overexceeded expectations this year. Let's see how Nick handles expectations this year let's see what he does because there is going to be a microscope on him i agree but in terms of rookie head coaches last year john he was probably the best one no i think that's for sure i mean i don't think there's any any doubt about that and i don't know what it is about sirianni where it just that there doesn't it doesn't seem like he exudes a, a level of confidence among the fan base but everything he does everything he says has worked out so far, and there's absolutely, I, you know, it's funny after Chip Kelly's first season, uh, when he went to the playoffs and uh, and was, you know, again revitalize, re, you know, reshaping what we thought how offense was going to be played in the NFL. Maybe maybe it's because he came in with so much hype, everybody felt better about him. But I think we had the same feeling about Doug Peterson after his first year, where and he just went 500, you know, and didn't miss the playoffs. So it's interesting that we have this reaction to Nick Sirianni right now after he overachieved. He overachieved last year. Which is which is really interesting, and I will admit I feel the same way. I don't know why I don't feel as confident about Nick Sirianni, given that he had a really good year last year and and overachieved. And um, you know, we'll have to see what he does here in twenty twenty two. I totally agree one hundred percent. This um, so this was funny uh, just from being a basketball coach at at high school. Like I'm an assistant at the varsity level, so I, I have to give fun speeches all the time and. I'm literally making fun of Nick Sirianni's flower speech, and I give like a corny, goofy speech, and it got the team all fired up. <laughs> as soon as we walk out, I say to my buddy, who was the head coach, I'm like, boy, they, they probably think I'm such a, a goof. They said, whatever you said, man, they got him fired up. I said, maybe that's Nick Sirianni. It's like they just think he's just this giant goof, but it works for him. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. I mean, the whole, yeah, I, I think that's the way it comes off is like, you know, what a, what a goofball, but you know, players seem to like it. Um, you wrote a piece also this week for CBS sports, taking a look at uh, three training camp battles for the Eagles here during the course of the summer. There's really not a lot of them. This this roster is pretty well set and put in place, uh, but I did want to go over a couple of these with you. And uh, the first you have is at off ball linebacker, taking a look at Nicobe Dean versus TJ Edwards. Now I, um, I was thinking that uh, TJ Edwards was going to be this team's middle linebacker to start the season. Um, do you see a, a battle at either middle linebacker or off-ball linebacker here between these two guys? And just in general, what are your thoughts on Nicobe Dean? Because I know there are some folks that are really high on him right away. And I, again, I'm pumping the brakes on Dean a little bit, uh, given the fact he's a rookie. 
yeah, this is what's tough because like I could have put off ball, I could have put Mike. It's I think this is going to be so interchangeable, right? I, I think T.J. Edwards is going to have a role on this team. It's just we don't know what that is. Same with Kaiser White, same with Nicobe Dean, and that's why I kind of like them having T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White around. Oh, and we can't forget Devion Taylor either. Like uh, he was yeah. productive in spurts last year, and we know Jonathan Gannon likes him. So it, I think it it just depends who's going to play where. Like in Nicobe Dean's at the mic, does T.J. Edwards? You know, where does he play? Or is it is it going to be Kaiser White in passing downs and running downs? You go with Kobe Dean, you go with T.J. Edwards, do you go with Devion Taylor? I, I think that's what needs to be determined over the next five, six weeks. So that's why I put Kobe Dean and T.J. Edwards, because I feel like Kobe Dean is the one that's going to cut into T.J. Edwards' playing time. Let me ask you uh, about uh, another potential uh, battle. It's not listed among your three, but the safety position. Uh, you've got Tart, you've got uh, Marcus Epps battling, and Anthony Harris, the three guys for, for two spots. Um, there also is uh, the Jesse Bates conversation that's floating out there. Some folks connecting the disgruntled Cincinnati safety on the who doesn't want to play on the fran who said he won't play on the franchise tag this year, um, asking to be traded. And uh, of course, people connecting the dots and matching Howie Roseman and the Eagles up with, with Jesse Bates. Do you think there's any smoke, any fire to that smoke? I just think it's smoke. I, I don't know how the Eagles are going to create the cap space to do it. They literally don't have the cap space. So, I mean, Howie Roseman can do it, but I just feel like we link anybody and anybody to the Eagles. If John Stolis, you know, is a free agent, <laughs> let's look into the Eagles, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I just think there's a lot of smoke there. And again, it's, I, I'm just not ready to – Jesse Bates is an eagle. I, I'll come on this podcast and I, I'll eat crow, just like I said on Verse 365, just like I said on WIP last night. But I, I just feel like they are fully prepared to go into the year with Kikwiski Tart, with Marcus Epps, with Anthony Harris. And you're right. That is a battle that I only could pick three. But maybe I maybe because I felt like those three are going to interchange as much as they do. But who is going to start? Uh, I like Marcus Epps. I think Marcus Epps has been – quietly one of those players that has been getting better every year and is ready for a starting job. And I think they brought in Jaquiski Tart to challenge him, but Jaquiski Tart can start as well. And where does that mm-hmm. leave Anthony Harris? Cause I thought you had to bring one of Harris or Rodney McLeod back. And do yeah. I think the Eagles made the right choice in bringing back Anthony Harris? I'm not sure. I think we're going to find out this year, but they had to bring one of those two back, which I was happy they did. Uh, and again, I think Rodney McLeod's injuries is the reason why he's not back. And Anthony Harris, he kind of fits what Gannon does a little bit better. So we'll see, John. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll say this, though. Isn't it nice we don't have to worry about who the number two quarterback is, who the number <laughs> one quarterback, who the slot yeah. guy is? Like, they're set there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they really are. They're they're really set in a, in a lot of different places. Last thing before I let you go, you wrote a fun piece about NFL milestones that can be reached, and there are a ton of them in here. I don't even know how to how, how to parse them all down. Um, so if you don't, if you can't think of any one in particular that you that you thought was really cool or eye opening or one that you um, when you when you put it together, you thought, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize this or that this guy was this close to that or that this guy was about to do that. Is is there any any player or any any stat that you listed that really made you stop and say, wow, I, I, I can't believe this guy's about to do that or I can't believe that only this many people have ever done this before. So I'm a staff freak and. I think the one that really struck me was I was always a huge Barry Sanders fan. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of Barry Sanders stats that are never going to be touched. Like how he's never had lower than 1300 yards in the season uh, yards from scrimmage. And when I saw Jonathan Taylor only need 16 touchdowns to pass him for most touchdowns in his first three years, I'm like, 
does this guy not get talked about enough as like an elite yeah. running back? Like, like we know he's elite. He probably he probably should have won MVP last year, but the Colts collapsed. So, right. But we value quarterbacks so much in this league, and we don't value running backs anymore. Like, we may have a generational running back here with Jonathan Taylor, and we're just not realizing it. And so that's what anything Patrick Mahomes does just amazes me at this point. It's I don't think people realize how good he actually is. Everybody loves to say he's a choker. He's a choker. I'm like, he's a choker, really? Like he yeah. won. He lost both his playoff games at home <laughs> in overtime. Like, he's not right. a joker. It's, oh, he got killed by the – I'm like, you, you think he, he was the reason why they lost to the Bucs in the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, he's close to 100,000 career passing yards. I mean, who would have thought, like, someone would throw for 100,000 passing – regular season, postseason, of course. But, right. yeah, right. there's so many of them. I actually am I'm going to pull a couple of them up here. I'm, I'm just kind of laughing. Oh, Here's one I didn't mention. I didn't put coaches in here, but let me draw them up. Uh, where's my boy Andy Reid at? Uh, I have him in here somewhere. Um, oh, yeah, a- Andy Reid is – He. we already know he's the first coach to win 100 um, games with two different teams. Yeah. 100 regular season games. He needs – where is it? He's like I, – I, I think he's like only nine or – oh, here it is. He needs 10 wins to surpass Tom Landry for the third most 10 win seasons by a head coach in NFL history. Do you want to take a guess on who has more than him? Uh, I guess Belichick. Would Belichick be one Belichick of them? Belichick is one. And Don Shula? Yep, you got it. So they're the two. And here's wow. another one. So if he wins 10 this year, he's the third coach ever to record at least 10 wins in eight straight seasons, joining Bill Belichick and George Seifert, of all people. So George Seifert, oh my God. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It's hard to remember like George <laughs> Seifert won 10 games his first year with the Panthers and he reached the right. championship game. Like, you know, it's funny in the mid nineties, you could say George Seifert was probably the best coach in the NFL and we just never knew it. <laughs> right. He, he was the head coach of that 55 to 10 beatdown of the Broncos in that one Super Bowl. And then uh, I think he was, he was still the head coach in the, the Super Bowl that Steve Young won. Yeah. I think, so, he's, uh, got, I think he's got what two. Yeah. He's got two. Super he's got two. Yeah. And he's got two. Yeah. He's close to getting a third with Carolina and then everything just kind of fell apart. And it's weird. Like after Carolina, he just kind of, I forget what he did. He might've went to t- No, remember he was terrible on TV. That's right. He went to TV, was awful, and then just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to the beach, and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm good. I won a lot of games. I don't need to go to Hall of Fame. I, I got my rings. Uh, you know, I, I still remember, I, I think that same year, like, Bill Walsh kind of came back to the 49ers like an exec, and 49ers fans were like, we're going to win Super Bowls again. It, it, it never happened. No, it's different. It's like Michael Jordan gets to go be team president of the Wizards. They think, oh, Jordan wins championships. Here we go. It's like, well, no, he got to, you know, he did that as a player. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Totally different job. Totally Walsh. different job. I, I didn't realize right. this, like, it's been almost 30 years since he's been out of coaching. Like, coaching. Isn't that amazing? It, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, it, I, I feel like he could have been Bill Belichick if he was stuck around. For sure. Yeah. I mean, what did he, his first year was, uh, he started in the 80s, early 80s, and was done by... What was it, 88 was that his last yeah, yeah, season? Yeah, he won the Super Bowl, and then yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, he got the itch to coach Stanford. And, but yeah. can you imagine, like, he would have had Joe Montana, he would have had Steve Young. I don't know how yeah. he would have handled the Montana-Young mess. I think that was part of the reason why he left. That probably was. He's like, I, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. I can't I can't tell Joe Montana he's not my quarterback anymore. <laughs> Did I ever tell you like that story, like all the stuff I uncovered about Montana, like asking for a trade and like. No, I don't think so. So this is crazy. I actually found out this. Montana, like, this is the year where pretty much anybody could be a free agent, right? It was 93. Mm. 
and yeah. like Reg White and all those guys were free agents. It, it, was, right. it was that weird year where there was no salary cap. So pretty much right. if and you couldn't protect 37 players anymore. So the 49ers right. made sure they they signed Montana longer. So they did that. And so Montana couldn't really pick where he wanted to go, but he could because the 49ers were ready to move on. And they're like, well, we don't want to pay this guy. They were going to send him to the Cardinals. And they were going to get back, like, way more than what they got for the Chiefs. And Montana's like, I'm not going to the Cardinals. I'm not going to the Cardinals. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you are not sending me to the Cardinals. And he pretty much just kind of scoffed at it. And they said, we're still going to trade you there. And he's like, what about the Chiefs? I kind of want to go there because Marcus Allen was going there. And they said, you know what? I think we can make that work. And I think the 49ers looked at it as, you're not going to win a Super Bowl there anyway. So I think they did it, but. The Cardinals offered so much more than what the Chiefs did. Like, I think they got a first-round pick for Montana. I, I think the Cardinals offered, like, two first-round picks. I, I think it was, like, wow. a boatload of players. And Montana's just basically, no, I'm not going there. What might have been, though? I think he, didn't he take the Chiefs to an AFC championship game while he was there? He I did, think yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. first year they were, who did they lose to? Oh, Buffalo. Yeah, lost to Buffalo. Yeah, so, and I think they were, I, I'll tell you what, I, I feel bad for the Chiefs. Like, Chiefs fans deserve all, all the trash talking they do now. They deserve it because when you watch them in the '90s, I feel like every time you watch an old playoff game, they lose. They lose somewhere. They lose to the Oilers. They lose to the Bills. They lost. Yeah, they, they lost they'd always Broncos, come up short. They were by the Raiders. Four. Yeah, they made Steve Bono a Pro Bowler. They were number one seed, and then they lose their first playoff game. That's right. It, That's right. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And like everybody loves to get on Mari Schottenheimer for losing the playoffs. I'm like. He's had some bad luck too in those playoffs. Yes, he has. The fumble, the drive, all that stuff. He he definitely had a bad go of it there with Cleveland and Kansas City. He had the gleam, but sometimes you need more than the gleam. Like he they're up ten. They get a pick on Brady in the fourth quarter. I forget who it was, but he fumbled the football. And then the Brady just got back. Man. Yeah, some people are just born under a bad star. You know what I mean? That's just that's just how it goes. Uh, with and Schottenheimer was certainly one of them. Um, well, this is fun, Jeff, and and there's a lot of great stuff to read over at CBS Sports, and Jeff has penned much of them. So make sure you read all of his work over at CBSSports.com, and you can figure out. You know, you want to know what Jeff's writing about? Go follow him on Twitter. He's got everything there on his Twitter feed at Jeff Kerr CBS. Jeff, thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, sounds great, John. By the way, so. It, it, this is weird. I never do this. Take a vacation during the year, but it's actually, yeah. it's going to be kind of work related. I'm going to Canton. The, my dad always wanted to see when I told him in December for meal, there's a good, there's a good look. He's, he's going to get in the hall of fame just from basically yeah. what a couple of voters told me. So I bought those tickets way ahead of time and we got like the, the premium package. I got them in for Christmas. Yeah. He gets into a severe car accident and, you know, I don't, I don't tell too many people this, but, you know, it's he was basically six inches away from dying. He's better now, obviously, but good, just, good. just crazy. It was just a crazy month. And, yeah. like, I, I got the ticket package and I said, you know what, we're going to go. We're going to have some fun. He he can't wait. We're going to, like, the, the Gold Jack and Enshrinement dinner. And oh, wow. I already talked to, like, a bunch of Hall of Famers and I'm going to interview them there and, you know, going to introduce them to a couple guys. Like, Barry Sanders is one of them. And, uh, Tory Holt said he's going to be there, and you know I, I really am looking forward to talking to him because I think he should have been in this year with Vermeil. Yeah. So it, it's going to be fun, just kind of mingling with those guys. Going to get a couple stories for work and write them the next week, but it, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm actually excited to see Doug um, in the Hall of Fame game. That's going to be fun. Too. Two weeks, by the yeah. way. Wow. 
Is it really that close? Holy cow. Yeah, yeah it, less than two weeks now. It's 13 days. Wow, that's incredible. I can't believe we're coming up on the NFL season that fast. Well, that sounds like a, a lot of fun, buddy, and I, I hope you have a good time. And uh, your dad, glad to hear your dad's doing better, and uh, he should have a, a blast watching uh, Dick Vermeil get inducted into the Hall of Fame and going to the dinner meeting and all those guys. I'm jealous. It sounds like a lot of fun, buddy. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I'm going to be like taking pictures all over the place, be like, oh, look where <laughs> I am tonight. And every so, yeah. I'm on vacation. I'm like, yeah, I am on vacation. Yeah. It's a vacation where I all have to work, but I'm working anyway. <laughs> The at Jeff Kerr CBS Twitter feed will be uh, will be a pretty fun follow for a couple of days there, certainly uh, while you're out at camp, buddy. Well, that that's cool, man. Enjoy. And thanks again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yep, sounds great, John. Oh, by the way, I, I might as well tease this, too. I got an interview with Devonta Smith coming for next week. So OK, we'll be on the lookout for that. Look forward to hear what the second year guy has to say. That's awesome, buddy. Yep, sounds great. Thanks for having me on, John. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Just want to remind you to check out all of the shows we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. And make sure to check out, like I said, bleedinggreennation.com each and every day for the latest Eagles news, notes, and rumors. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. B-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.